0: The following is a North Carolina Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org.
1: This is a bit of an arbitrary map, um, the way it's set up. But that said, Andrew is helping give oversight to some training and some work here in Region 4, which goes all the way to Sanford, to Roxborough, covers a Triangle. Um, it's really big, honestly, but such it is. Henderson. Johnston County, Bowie's Creek, Burlington. And here's the way we set this up. We wanted to give some stories of what's actually taking place and some good and bad. I'm sure you already have awesome stories as well too. So don't, um, uh, I'm going to actually try to tap into some of those here in just a minute. Um, But then also just some information about where he's envisioning and heading and helping out in the coming days and months. And then What's the next step or two that we might can connect a little a little better? So, real quick, um, what are uh, I would love to hear? And this isn't a brag session. This is let's brag on God session. What are some current uh, stories that are out there that's been really instrumental in building your faith regarding? people coming to faith in Christ, people growing in their walk with Christ, something along the lines of evangelism and discipleship. What's been encouraging to you that you've seen, that you can encourage? Just keep it brief, too. I'd love to hear one or two. Or a struggle, a a real thing, a wall you're bumping up against. I'd love to hear that, too, because that's reality, right? (laughs) At least it is for me. (laughs) What is an encouraging story, or what's a wall you're bumping up against in evangelism and discipleship?
2: I'd love to share something that uh, the international community that's
1: growing there so far in that day. Wow. Praise God. That's awesome. Are you Where, where are you located?
2: Uh, I, I live in High Point, but possibly
1: in Cali. Okay. Praise God. The brother that uh, um, disciple me was in the... Uh, in Pakistan, and he he speaks Urdu. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. He knows some phrases in Urdu now. But uh, So it, I'm going to share that with him. I know he'll be excited to hear that. So praise God. Hmm. What else?
3: We have a, a, we have a Spanish congregation that's part of the Sunday Church in the mm-hmm. Mary. Yeah. And we have a lady that we've been sharing gospel. She was lesbian. And that whole part of our resting on the sea, like, it, it amazes, it's amazing to me, the power mm. of the gospel. First of all, you say me.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: it's, amen. I was <laughs> <laughs> I And and But also to see her grow in Christ and, and just uh, change and have a conversation with the partner that she was doing with to say, we have to break up. Wow. So that's the encouraging part. The not encouraging would be um, we're, we're fighting a lot of consumerism. Mm. Latinos come here because they want to build a better life for themselves, so their idol is really work, mm. like work, work, work. And so they don't want to hear about anything that interrupts that plan. So a lot of consumerism. Yeah. Um, and we don't, we're trying to figure out how to combat that. Come back then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're joining in a large chorus and asking that. I'm just going to write some of these barriers up as I hear them across this time. Anything else? Any encouragements or any barriers you're bumping up against? Yes, sir. We've got a bunch of churches around our Yates Association that that we know we want to do discipleship better. Okay. And so we've just started. We're just in the real formative
4: stages, but we've just been putting together a little um, network of folks who want to learn from and network with each other and share better. We just want to learn that's really
1: cool you hear that this is a big by the way this is a big barrier being confronted right here silos uh, individual churches individual um, associations things individual denominations things like this is a big barrier confronting so praise God for that Uh, that kind of openness and willingness is a beautiful beautiful thing yeah I I saw a couple more hands yeah
4: over the past week um, I've been out and about in, in Durham where I live and uh, I've heard. I know on two separate occasions, um, someone just boldly sharing, that. and so I've just been really, particularly two times in the last I think, four days, I've just been witness to it. Just sort of listening in to someone's conversation, kind of eavesdropping, and just been really, really encouraged by it.
1: Uh-huh. that's awesome. Man.
4: Yeah, I, I'll share real quick. Yeah, um, and this is kind of a mixed bag. So my family and I are are at a church now. We've been there for a couple of years, um, and it is an old. Church, like you know, going back to a year that starts with an 18. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and uh, and and it has been primarily for this community, right? Mm. And um, and what we <coughs> encounter when we engage is just a lot of uh, lethargy. And I have just been a part of one of our very first uh, D groups uh, there at our church, and one of the struggles for us is just having enough strong believers that are when I say strong believers I mean active in their faith mm. right that yeah. are also capable of turning around and disciple others. Yeah. Truly the the world is growing up right around this place that yeah. has been sitting out in the middle of, of nowhere mm. and, uh, and and really wrestling with yeah. that of you know, you, you've got a mindset of I'm good and I walked an aisle sixty years ago And I don't want anybody else coming here because they're from outside. Yeah, it's not me. Versus what is biblical and right, which we should love uh, our community with the gospel. Yeah, man.
1: To that point, um, when we were talking about this, did you think Sunday school class or small group? Or did you just think, no, this is just a category. We just need to disciple the fruit. Or were you already thinking in a form? Were you thinking function only or were you already thinking form? Just curious I mean I be
3: training, take this training to
1: yeah, 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 I got you. so yeah, the reason I ask that is is forms are fluid, depending on when the world grows up around you. Can you adapt your form and not lose the essence so in some in some places in our state, Sunday school may be a way to get after this in other places, it might not be, and that's okay because you can still do the core missionary task of the church, it might be small groups, it might be missional communities whatever you want to call it but what does the what does the context need and then how can we translate the gospel and the mission of the church into a language that the community can actually understand does that make sense how do you know what the community actually needs
4: you gotta go and get a part of it yeah. you gotta you gotta listen yeah say I heard this great idea elsewhere yeah. I mean, that might be a great idea, but, but you actually have to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, man.
4: So there
2: is <clears throat> like engaging, when we uh, start to reaching international community, especially Pakistani Muslim community, and we become to know they are here 10, 20, 30 years, hmm. and not single time heard gospel. Hmm. What's the reason? Yeah, yeah. The reason is there's huge um, there's no any connection between believers and Muslim people who are believers wow and if there is any relationship any communication it's the opportunity
1: yeah that's excellent thank you for, for sharing that and, and those needs there are particular needs in these communities that you're able to see and listen to and then you can begin to say okay if this is a need how do we help bridge the connection between believers and Muslims in our community what's a way to create space for that It doesn't mean disciple-making is going to start to happen. But if you can help create space, does this make sense? If you can help create space for that, send some people with some intentionality into those spaces who are going to, who prayed up, who are going to build relationships, who are equipped to gospel people and gather. Now we can start letting the forms happen that need to happen versus trying to fit them into a pre-existing form already. Does this make sense? Are we tracking here? I know this pushes. This pushes against traditional church life in America. It might look exactly the same, but it might not. But if we keep the core missionary task at the forefront of our minds, we're open to it.
0: I've I questioned building relationships myself, mm-hmm. like in my neighborhood. I've reached out to my neighbors, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But how do we do it as a church together? Yeah. Like, how do we build relationships with people in the community together? Yeah. It, I don't know.
1: I think that's the, that is the question of the hour right there so often, um, because you have this tension of, okay, I'm a missionary in my neighborhood in one, co- in, in one sense. But then also, we're, we're a church, we're, we're, a, we're an expression of Christ in this community, along with other expressions of Christ in this community. Um, and so, it, we always talk about overlapping. Where, do you, where can you get some overlap? Um, p- pulling people into dinner parties, but also having folks with your church there, jumping into something already happening, bringing somebody from the church in on that. We call it the two-for-one. How do you get two-for-ones, you know? Uh-huh.
5: I'll tell you how we, we started Small groups I've just been Overwhelmed With the growth Of this. So We have like uh, 4,400 groups With 550 people mm-hmm. Together Gotcha and That's over. That's a little Over half our church Okay So Really building Into the neighborhoods And people All around Not, not just People that Go to our church But people in that Neighborhood Are coming to the Light Yeah and, and they're coming Little bit by little bit To the church yeah, amazing to see that relationship. And, and I mean, fourteen years ago, I think we sent out like eleven trips this year yeah. out to different countries. Yeah, and praise God. The gospel out there. That's awesome. I've I heard a lot of
0: D groups or small groups. They kind of still stay to themselves. They I, I don't think see a lot of spreading out in, in the yeah yeah. I leave yeah. awesome. when we have twenty in our group,
5: and they always want to wow. do stuff. I mean. We went out and ate last night, but, but we plan things all the time. I have yeah. to reach out to the Word of the people that are hurt, people that are outcasts
1: that yeah.
5: come in. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like Jimmy was preaching on the on a while ago. Yeah,
1: it, The only way I know to do it is to intentionally plan for mission because that's the one thing that, in, that unintentionally will get sloughed off. We're more natural. We feel we feel okay with other Christians. I feel okay with my connection with God, with, with God in some in some sense. But how how do you inject this kind of DNA in, into groups? I, that's that's the real question of the hour. And um, you know, if, if it's if it's an unintentional space, it, it it will rarely happen. Now, it can also slough off in other areas too. If you're really into that, but you're not, you're, you're like. Um, Avoiding your connection with God or avoiding connection with the church, that can get wonky in other ways. You know, So just know there's that tension and grace is what holds that tension together. That vertical and then horizontal with the church and horizontal with the mission. Grace holds that tension right in the center. It's crucial. We just saw it in Jonah. Jonah loved the mercy himself, but he didn't want to give it to his enemies. Grace wasn't holding that tension for me. You know? And God gives us a new heart to do something different. Um, that's awesome, though. Yeah. yeah.
5: You know, there's so much addiction into the world
1: now. If you really host some of those groups and pray yeah. men, it, this is so important. We well, you're thinking like a missionary. You're looking at your culture, saying, what are the needs in our area? And if there's people struggling with addictions, why? Why? Well, one of them is this. Social media hasn't delivered on the promise. We feel more, we're more connected than ever before and yet we're more isolated than ever before. And not only are we more isolated, but now I'm seeing all of your best stuff. That's a recipe for disaster. It doesn't mean social media is bad. It just means it can't deliver on what Christ, only Christ can. And so creating space, community for folks... Who, who feel isolated now that's not the only reason for addictions but it's, it's one but thinking like a missionary with those eyes begins to say okay how can the church really be the hands and feet of Jesus in this so that's, that's a great point Tamron I know for you you're, you're seeing needs and it's like okay so what does it look like to be the hands and feet of Jesus and the mouth of Jesus in this situation same um, these are the kind of questions churches I think have to wrestle with um let me share with you a couple of stories uh, that Andrew passed along uh, regarding some of this. Um, so last week there was a Gospel Conversations training at Southeastern. One of the privileges at Triangle is there's a handful of people doing a lot of similar things. So we don't have to um, reinvent the wheel. We can tap into what other people are already doing and, and vice versa. And so there was a training last weekend and an older couple that were in their early 70s heard about the training and said, hey, we'd love to be more equipped to share the gospel in a world that's increasingly lost. That burden led them to the training. They were taking notes the whole time. And then uh, part of the training is you go out and you actually engage communities, whether it's uh, prayer walking neighborhoods or preset meetings with people who you know are far from God but close to you, going to parks, restaurants, coffee shops. It's just what's the practical um, implementation of the training you just got in the quote-unquote classroom so the first door they went to they actually knocked on a few doors at an apartment complex but the first one there was a young lady named Ashley there and she was open to them being there and so Andrew was able to model for Ray and Marianne every tool that they had trained in that day abiding prayer three circles framework of sharing the gospel, and then a, a like a 15-second, 20-second testimony. A, it, we call it six words, just to, so that you're not memorizing a script. You're just, how do, what's my story, and how do I tell it compellingly in a concise way? That's flexible and lets you be human in a conversation. Um, he said, although Ashley didn't receive Christ, she did allow us to have about a 20-minute conversation with her where she told us that her grandfather, listen to this, had recently passed, and the last thing he told her is that he desired for her to be connected to a church. And Andrew and Ann and Ray show up at her door. That's amazing. And so the Holy Spirit set them up perfectly, and, and Ray and Marianne were able to experience that. And, and Marianne's now going to follow up with Ashley, who welcomed the opportunity to study the Bible in her apartment. She didn't want to come to church. She didn't want to come to a small group at this point. But she's open to actually learn more about what the Bible says and about who Jesus is. See what I'm saying? So being able to leverage and train in such a way. This is why we go to sleep. Who's the primary disciple maker in this? The Holy Spirit. (laughs) He's the one doing doing the work. And we're just asking Him to... Let us be like snipers instead of shooting a buckshot. Like, no, Lord, send us to the Ashleys, who's been wrestling with her grandfather's last words for a week. It's almost like you're stepping into a work, you know? You don't have to guess. Um, there is um, yeah, This is a pretty cool story. So Andrew pastors a church of about, I don't know, 90 people or so um, in, in Durham. And uh, are, is everybody familiar with the pockets of lostness that the state convention did some research and basically said there's 250 pockets of lostness across the state, and they're ranked based on, they basically took an um, unreached people group mentality and applied it to our state. So where are the most dense pockets of people who are far from God? And like the top ten are in Charlotte. Um, and a few were in the triangle and spread out uh, then from there. And pocket number 34 is right beside where their church is located. And so that began giving them a vision for how to get out of their insular mindset and to get into the community. And it's a community, like quite frankly, that didn't look like the makeup of the church. At the time, they were primarily a Caucasian church. This neighborhood was primarily an African-American church. And one of the things they found out, listen, this is key missional insight, was there was no men on one lease of an apartment complex of 200 apartments. So now you've got the need. You see what I'm saying? It's a missionary insight. It's thinking like a missionary in the community. And so as they began to invest in the community and spend time down there over and over, regular, consistent presence... Um, they met a guy named James who, uh, who was there, who, was, who in many ways lived there. Um, and he lived with his, his brother Henry and, um, and, and some other folks. And uh, they regularly began having people over to their apartment. And uh, one of the things that Andrew and them began to see is they started a discovery Bible study there every Wednesday night and he said uh, much of James and Henry and the other people that lived there as oikos, as their spheres of influence began attending and as that ongoing relationship with them began to build and swell James actually was baptized and so was his son the last weekend of January 19 so now remember what I said the need was so now you've got a male presence in the neighborhood who is now a follower of Christ and who is now invested in invested in his son
5: so now you've got a picture of the gospel. You've got a picture of something.
3: You see this?
5: It's everything. And this man began to take ownership of the Bible
1: study. He began to cast vision in him to possibly take over and begin leading the gathering. Prayed, entered, gospel, started discipling the fruit. He began to cast vision and take in ownership to the gathering. He began to come to faith some as, as he can. Transportation isn't easy, but as he could, but, but but they were gathering, and he began to take ownership of this Bible study, and it had the DNA of potentially becoming a church in that community. Whether it actually became one or not, it, it we'll see. He said he said we're wrestling through all of those things right now, and it's okay. It's a good wrestle. We ain't having, We don't need all the answers right now. Who takes the lead in the mission? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> And he says, one thing's for certain, though, is that God's moving in this community. Um, he said, as a matter of fact, on many Sundays, James began taking a group of, of men and women uh, and, and kids across the street to begin reaching another apartment community. And he's trying to multiply using the same principles that reached him and his family. A few months ago, two of the regular tenders from this Wednesday gathering started their own discovery Bible study in their community. And, and James needed them to come by that day as he was dealing with the loss of his sisters at time time. And, and um, they met with James that day, but he said, more, more importantly, as this kind of continual relationship and care continues to go, this man's 74, and he's been multiplying himself in that community and in the adjacent communities. Now, is there like 700 people that got baptized and repented and trusted in Christ? No. But you see the work, the snowball. Um, praise God. Praise God. Who. Who knows? Who knows what generations when the Lord says, I am the Lord, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, gracious and merciful. I will not acquit the guilty, but I will show steadfast love to a thousand generations. Who knows? That's why we go to sleep. So, um, real quick, before I switch gears to um, just how churches are starting to come together in some of these regions, in some of these areas of this region. Any questions? Any thoughts? Another story? Sometimes we start sharing stories of like, man, I gotta tell you this story. <laughs> or any other questions or barriers that you wanna wanna discuss? So, um, one of the things I'm really grateful for in the Yates Association is, is this kind of continuity and this kind of partnership that you guys and Marty are really working together. Um. Not everybody has, has, has that, and I know you guys have your own struggles trying to work through some of that. But in Henderson, there's not even an association there. It, it dissolved a couple of years ago. But, but there's, a, there's a brother there uh, who has really tried to function that way. Um, he's a pastor of a church up there, and, and they have a burden for Henderson. If you know anything about anybody from Henderson, uh, Henderson's rowdy. I mean, it's, I don't know any other way to say it. Henderson's pretty rowdy and um it's north it's north of wake forest it's almost on the line of virginia yeah carlake yeah so oxford henderson if you're going up 85 it's it's kind of that way before you get to uh, virginia um and the racial tension in henderson is palpable i mean it's you can cut it with a knife it's that thick and uh a couple of these guys is getting, you know, they're, bro- they're broken over that, and they're saying, um, "You know, what we can't do is continue to perpetuate that." And so, as long as the Lord gives us breath, not on our watch, you know. And so, um, Andrew stepped into some of that, and they began um, coming together regularly for a concert of prayer, burden for their city, desperate. For a change, you know. I hate this racial tension. I hate the fact that Sunday morning's the most segregated hour in a, in, in our city. This is gospel stuff. And so, as they're praying through that, there was about six churches representing nearly hundred folks there, crying out to God to move in their communion. They began working to schedule more prayer in the future, more regular prayer, and then they wanted to bring some training in on the back side of that Um, and so he just said if I could if I could highlight one thing you just can't discount the furnace of prayer for lack of a better word to roll out the red carpet of mission Um, deep abiding intimacy that leads to repentance and hope and then direction to go into the communities they go hand in hand here am I Lord Isaiah said Send that other person. Send me. But you know what happened right before that? I am wicked. I'm an unclean man with unclean lips and I dwell among unclean people. And when he tasted the tangible forgiveness of God, he said, I'll do anything for you. Not to try to get his approval, but because he just got it this is the church it's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and so Andrew is one of the newer team members so the work isn't as developed and so he's looking for partners across the region who can help train who wants to get connected to some trainings who who can be catalysts in their cities and People groups, we don't have the plan all like mapped out, and that's okay. Um, our, our desire is to see regions uh, uh, and churches working together for the sake of the gospel. Um, so I'm going to hush now, and I'm going to let you fire away questions about, if you have questions about trainings, if you have questions about how to get connected with, with Andrew, within work if you'd be willing to host, things like that. What questions do you have? How can we serve you? And then what are you doing that we might could tap into? (laughs) When I say we, I mean like the churches in this area. (laughs) That you can see be vital to the poor missionary task. This Saturday,
0: our church is having a thing called immersion.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay either a mosque or a temple. I'm not sure, and then go to some ethnic restaurants. Okay. It's, it's some work here. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And that's why I'm so excited about it, because you just want to see stuff going on. And I, I feel like the past few now really has a heart for discipleship, because he's really working on it. Are you in Carrie Apex? Where are you at? Carrie. Carrie, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Is that open to all, or is it just your church? Yeah. And where's this it's at? It's
0: on our website, so it's at Good
2: Hope.
1: Good Hope. Good Hope Baptist and Curry. Yeah. Okay.
2: So often we give that kind of what we call a, <clears throat> one day international to work locally. Mm-hmm. When you are not leaving locally place and going to international mm-hmm. place yeah. without your passport. We bring invite local churches mm-hmm. that they can come to our, our side and then from there we go in international schools and international people in their homes most people in their homes in mosques we go there and we eat international food spend like a whole day with international community Uh, we achieve two things from two sides from the international community also and the local churches also Mm. to understand that we can pray for them
1: Yeah. yeah that's awesome that's really cool thank you what else
0: a lot of evangelism training in the church but there isn't any practical going out and it <coughs> together but that does do that and yeah. I really that was the part about that that I really liked hmm. people going out together yeah to different neighbourhoods or whatever and mm-hmm. preaching it was good I don't want to say practice what
1: would you call yeah. it it's I think practice somewhere. is fair <laughs>
0: Like Andrew led those that couple. Yeah. Showed them how to do it. Sometimes that's what we have to do with people. Show them hmm. they're afraid or something to do with It's easy to have to take a training class. And,
1: and... So you just you just gave the solution. One of the solutions to fear. Did Jesus model all of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, it's just.
0: twos. So mm-hmm. Sometimes they all by themselves, yes,
1: but. Yep, but he had modeled it for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had modeled it for at least a few first before he sent them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Which is why maybe having a massive group of folks at one time isn't always the best way to start. Maybe it's starting with a couple or three, four. Yeah. Leverage events, leverage them for good. But when you start to think about this kind of work, think more vines. What? Well, and this is one of the issues we, we we bump up against in America. And if you're not from America, you've probably felt this: an event mindset versus a relationship mindset. So let me let me end here because we didn't touch on this, and this isn't necessarily linear. These are aspects of the mission. You don't stop praying when you start building relationships. As a matter of fact, you pray harder. <laughs> um, but there's a real enemy at work. And, and one of the big barriers in America is, is our enlightenment education has blocked off the, the non-seen world to our worldview. And so in all of our education over the last 500 years... And all of the commercials and all of our practices and stuff basically has said the only thing that's real is what you can see, taste, touch, feel, and smell. And so all the answers to all the problems you're experiencing are all the things that you can see, taste, touch, feel, and smell. Now, if you're not from America, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, you already have categories. I remember the first time I went to India and I saw men standing on the side of the road holding fire in their hands. And I was like, what is going on? And the guy, he said, oh, they are worshiping this particular local deity for blessing and prosperity for the, you know, for the, for the near future. And I was like, what? What?" I came and I saw in Botswana in Africa. I was sharing the gospel with a Herero lady. And when she went inside to get something, there was a guy who was listening the whole time. And he said, so let me get this straight. Is Jesus is who you say He is, do I have to keep hanging those things in the tree over there to keep the tokla away from me and my dreams at night? And I was like, what? I didn't have those categories. But the majority of people in the world have those categories. We're the weird ones. Amen. And we're easily manipulatable because He's as active here as He is anywhere else. This makes sense. How does the enemies of God work in our culture? Well, just look at the ills suicide's on the rise, sexual abuse is on the rise, there's lethargy and consumerism, there's fear, but not the fear of the Lord. Remember, we're going to um Code, Code uh, India. And there's one out of every six men there, from what they told us, work in the Middle East. And so there's a heavily Muslim influence in Kodoko. And uh, the people we talked to, there was like 70 or 80 churches in the city. And the people we talked to, there was a lot of fruit being born among uh, Hindus. A lot, of pe- a lot of conversions they were seeing, but none among Muslim. And so we were like, why? And, and one of the recurring refrains we heard from a few of the Christians there was like look they kill people they hurt people you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and we're like man it's, what are some of those stories and nobody could tell a story it, it might happen it might happen it, it might happen there's, an, there's a real enemy at work that uses fear and intimidation to try to keep us from doing this And he'll silo us in what's comfortable to actually keep us from what Jesus says, the kingdom. Does this make sense? I've talked way too much, so we need to stop and pray. Because what I just said is one of the most palpable things I've come up against in the mission. I had a dream the other night, two nights ago. In my dream, I was casting out a demon of a woman in a bathroom with my seven-year-old son right beside me. I'm like, Lord, what is this? There are things coming after us, but greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. That's the context of that verse. So do not fear. Let's do it. Um, My email is read at ncbaptist.org I'll connect you with Andrew I'll connect you into any of the trainings if you want to sign up for the newsletter it'll show you some of the trainings around j-r-e-e-d at ncbaptist.org if we can ever serve you um, if we can connect you to other people working in your city or whatever the case is please let us know how we can we can do that for you and, and keep us up to date on what's going on around you because uh, even the stories I've heard today are super encouraging to see that Though the enemy is very active, he's on a short lease. There's a, there's a, there's a Holy Spirit more active than him. And um, we're closer now than when we first began. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that our justification by faith is the basis by which we come to you in prayer. In the name of Jesus. And that if we ask anything in that name, Jesus, you said you'll do it. You'll surely do it. So God, forgive us for asking with with double-mindedness. Forgive us for asking with adulterous hearts. You don't answer that kind of prayer. Thank you. But we do ask for wisdom. Because the enemy is wily. And the barriers are real. And the lostness is palpable. And destruction is imminent. So may we not be like the folks in Jeremiah that said, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, can't touch us, the temple of the Lord. No, God, let us us be as wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And as one guy said, if, if people be damned to hell, let them step over my body before they enter it. Well, thank you for each person here in the the churches they represent. God, would you give them a supernatural grace, even now, to to lead and to model what you've tasked us to, the core missionary task. God, for the sake of your great name and the good of each one of us, and we're, we're asking that you would limit the enemy's effectiveness on behalf of your name among these cities and regions. And Lord, where, where he lets loose, would you turn that suffering for your good too, to just show him once again that you've put him and his minions to open shame by the power of the gospel. So do it, Lord. Do it for your glory and our good, we ask in Jesus' name.